Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. That was a really cool video. Um, I want to say this morning (laughs) that I'm going to put some money on the fact that one or two of you sitting here right now are going to arrive at 10.30 next week. (laughs) I wonder who it's going to be. It's going to be cool. (laughs) Uh, What should be me? Uh, That'd be good. Uh, My name is Quinton. Uh, I'm uh, part of the leadership team here at Life Changes. Uh, they've, they've let me loose, which is cool. Um, Mark's away. He's uh, with some mates. Uh, so he, uh, he said, ah, I, can, I can do it, which is cool. Uh, you might regret it afterwards, but that's okay. Right now, you are mine. Yeah? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so we are starting a new series this morning. Sorry, before I do that, Big Mike. Hmm. <laughs> You may or may not know Big Mike. I call him Big Mike because he's obviously a very slight fellow. <clears throat> I, um, after the service, I'm going to invite some guys. If you know Mike, we're going to pray for Mike. Mike's leaving, um, but for a good reason. Mike's heart is longing to be with his kids and his grandkids, and they just don't happen to be here. They happen to be in a faraway land called the United States of America, and then someone else in, a, in another son in Canada. And so he wants, he's longing. He wants to be with them. And so we're going we're gonna to pray you out this morning, bro. After service, come up here. We're going to lay hands on you. It's been amazing. You arrived here a couple of years ago, um, a blubbering mess. You're still a blubbering mess. He's going to cry. Watch. Um, but you've been a blessing. Um, it's been an absolute privilege. We know the relationship's not over. We, uh, we hope to see you again. But we're really trusting for God's favor. We've already seen favor. If you don't know the story of how he's getting to America, you're going to have to go and ask him because it's incredible. And, um, yeah, we're just trusting for the best. But, all right, it's been great. So after the service, we're going to pray for our mate, little Mike. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get cracking. Today, we start a new series. And this series is, we're going to be preaching this series in the next few weeks leading up to Christmas. And the name of this series is Jesus is King. Now, I just want to put it out there that one or two of you who are kind of familiar with popular culture will recognize that we're kind of doing a thing there. Sorry, what was that? Kanye? No. Get out of here. Yes, Kanye. And now I know that a whole lot of you are going, who's Kanye? Uh, Kanye West happens to be an artist uh, in, in, in the USA. Uh, he's a very well-known artist. It's okay if you don't know who he is. So please, um, if you don't listen to the radio or you don't have teenage kids, I don't expect you to know who Kanye is. Um, but Kanye, for the past few years, has he's been a man of the world. Um, I do not recommend you listen to any of his older music. Um, it's, uh, it's very much PG-rated. Um, but he is now 
released a new album called Jesus is King. And he is proclaiming that he is, he's gotten saved, he's met Jesus. Um, I can't vouch for that. And this morning, I'm not here to kind of tell you that, you know, either way, what's going on with Kanye. But we trust that he really has met the king this morning. But what I do want to say is this, is that it does not matter who says it. It does not matter who declares it. Jesus is king. He is king, and whether you believe it or not, he is king. And so this is our series leading up to Christmas, and we are super excited for it. So, you know, the real amazing thing about Christmas is that, for the most part, it reminds us of something that happened, something significant that happened in this amazing narrative of God and us. Jesus chose, chose to leave heaven and come to earth. That's what Christmas reminds us, and, we, and, and it's an amazing thing, and it's a good thing, but I want to stir in your heart this morning, and I want to challenge you this morning, that actually what Christmas should be doing is giving us some expectation, an expectation that He is coming again, that Jesus, the King, will return forever, that He has come before, but He is coming again, that before He came as a baby, the second time He comes is going to be very different. I want to declare that today and ask you to get that stirring in your heart that Christmas gives us that expectation of what is to come. Amen. Good. I need some more amens this morning. There we go. Get with the program. We're going to read some scripture, uh, and we're going to do some Old Testament stuff. So maybe for those who did not know who Kanye was, you're going to love some of the Old Testament scripture this morning, (laughs) which is good. We are reading from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, and there are a couple of verses that I'm going to get to that are well-known verses, and maybe even if you don't know church, you're going to know these verses, but we're just going to read some preceding verses leading up to that. And the first verse says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. It seems like a strange way to start a sentence, nevertheless, but I just need to let you know that this guy, Isaiah, who was a prophet, has been telling Israel about some stuff. Israel have been going through some stuff, and some more stuff is coming. Not great stuff. They are going to suffer. But he says this as a, 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 a glimmer of hope, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And I want to challenge you this morning that sometimes we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and remind ourselves that darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did 
when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be the fuel for the fire. And here we get to verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here. Pray, Holy Spirit, will you open our hearts this morning to hear from you. Thank you for your scripture, Lord. Thank you that it is all God-breathed, God-inspired. Thank you that these words written many years ago, Lord, apply even more so now than they did then. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who is passionately committed to us, your children. We worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So question, who's good at waiting? Come on, hands up. Some of you here have got to be you're good at waiting, very patient people. If I put a big promise on the table, you're just going to be cool with waiting indefinitely. Okay. I'm not one of those people. Um, I am I'm a little impatient, and I get the feeling that most of you here are the same. We don't like waiting too long, maybe, maybe a little while, but not too long. I want to say this, that I actually think, so when it comes to promises, and in particular, the promises of God, it's often like giving birth. See, my wife and I, we have been pregnant. Don't you love that when men say that? We are pregnant. And your wife looks at you. It's like, you are not pregnant, buddy. But we claim it. We are pregnant. There's that moment of euphoria as a, as a, as a future mother and father to tell everybody about what is to come. See, something has been birthed. Something is promised but we need to wait. And often the case is that that euphoria of that moment of finding out that we're pregnant, telling the world that we're pregnant, is followed by nothing. The next day, life carries on. Your wife looks the same. You've got to get up. You're hungry. You've got to go to work. Life carries on. And then all of a sudden, months later, it dawns on you, it's here. And boom, he arrives. And life will never be the same again. So often, we treat the promises of God in the same way. A promise is declared, a promise is given, but then nothing. And often, we forget. We're not very good in the waiting. But I want to tell you this this morning, that we serve a God 
who is a promise-making, promise-declaring, and promise-keeping God. Not only do we see that in His Word, but we get to experience it in our own lives. I can stand here today in confidence to tell you that He makes promises. He makes promises that, 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 that encompass and are for all of us, but He also makes individual promises of each one of us. And He never makes a promise that He does not keep. But sometimes we have to wait. And sometimes that wait is a bit longer than we would like. Because unlike Violet, the rest of us are not particularly patient. Violet's going to, we're going to do a, a patient series, I think, and she's going to take us through that. But this morning, I want us to answer a question. What do we do when life seems to be holding out on us? Because something was promised, and now there's nothing. Life seems to be holding out on us. Maybe you are the guy that got that prophecy about success and provision. And maybe you're sitting here today and going, I don't see any of that. Maybe you're the one who has hands laid on them every Sunday and the pain is just getting worse. I want to encourage you today. Life is not holding out on you. Maybe you're the ones that have waited. And complication after complication has not yielded a baby. But a promise was given. And maybe this morning you feel like life is holding out on you. We're going to answer that question in a little bit. What do we do when, we've, when it seems like life is holding out on us? But before we get there, I want to ask you about something. Who here knows anything about something called Advent? There we go. Now, usually the older crew that didn't know about Kanye put up their hands and tell us they know about Advent. Yes, absolutely. Now, Advent... For the younger guys, um, it's not, you know when you click a YouTube video and then you want the video to play, but now you have to sit through an ad and you begin to vent. That's not ad vent. It's, it's something else. You're waiting for that Kanye West video to play. It is an ad, that, never mind. Advent is a one word, um, and advent is actually a beautiful word. Advent means the waiting, the hope the expectation of something noble and important, the arrival of a notable person or thing. And in some church circles, they practice something called Advent, which essentially is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, and they, they use some symbolic elements, such as a candle. And they light a candle each week, and each candle represents something. And so we decided we're actually going to do that. We're going to light a candle this morning. And the first candle of Advent 
is a beautiful picture. It is called the hope of the promise. And although there's nothing in the candle, there's nothing in the process, it is a picture of hope of something that was promised. So I'm going to light this candle this morning and, and always and hope that this works. Um, there we go. We have light. The hope of the promise. I want to talk to you this morning about three outcomes to promises. The first is delay. When it's delayed, hold on to hope. When the promise is delayed, hold on to hope. That scripture we read where Isaiah was effectively lighting a candle of hope over the nation of Israel was written and declared, well, let's say it was declared, 700 years before it came to be. It's quite a delay. I'm not sure you are, you guys, I'm not a 700 years guy. Assuming there was someone, though, that was around during the time of Isaiah who managed to live 700 years and was still around when Jesus was born. Oops. There would be disappointment. I want to tell you this this morning. That just because the promise is delayed does not mean the promise is denied. Just because the promise is delayed does not mean the promise is denied. Just because it's taking time does not mean he's changed his mind. The reality is, when that nine-month process starts and the mom-to-be declares she is pregnant, the promise grows within her. The promise incubates and it grows. You may be waiting, but God uses the time of waiting. We may not enjoy it, but He has His reasons. So often, during the delay, God does stuff in us. We don't enjoy it, but he has his reasons. Sometimes there's pain in the delay. We, we have some incredible friends here, Wayne and Jen, who felt God promised them a family. And complication after complication Delay after delay, pain and pain. But let me tell you something about my friends. As they pressed into him. See, during the delay, during the wait, we have a choice. We can either run or we can press into him. And if you do not know my friends, Wayne and Jen, 
you will know that, or you, you may not know that today they have a beautiful family. They have two beautiful boys. That does not look like the picture that they originally envisaged. But God knew better. There was a delay and there was pain, but he knew what the outcome would be. I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what you're waiting for, hold on to hope. Last, last Friday, we got to experience a beautiful wedding, a beautiful wedding to Michael and Crystal. And some of us here have known Crystal much longer than we've known Michael, and we've known her walk of longing for a spouse and experiencing pain during the delay and the loneliness, but holding on to hope. And last Friday, it came to pass. See, there was a promise. It might not have looked like exactly what she thought it would in more ways than one, but he knew. Hold on to hope. I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you're sitting here today and the job front does not look good. You need to hold on to hope. In the 8.30 service, we have a gentleman who sits in the second row who held on for 12 months. We had nothing. But we saw him here every Sunday his wife and his little one, and they got stuck in and they served, and he held on to hope. And a couple months ago, we celebrated as he found a job. I want to encourage you today to hold on to hope. Maybe that healing is just something that you've lost hope for. Today, I want to encourage you to hold on to hope. He has declared a promise of healing, and we will stand on that promise. Just because it's delayed does not mean it's denied. Hold on to hope. The second promise I want to tell you about this morning is the one that's disappointing. When it's disappointing, hold on to hope. Some of you are thinking, how can you say that? How can you ever be disappointed in the promise of God? Well, let me tell you this. That sometimes, during the delay, we form our own pictures of how things are going to pan out. We kind of figure this out on our own. We kind of, this is what it's going to look like. And then it lands... And it doesn't look anything like that. And we're filled with disappointment. I had to process some disappointment this week. In my job space, we've been working on some stuff. We're looking at building a business. And the way I thought it was going to land did not land that way. And I spent a day being disappointed in the promise. but realized that actually I had kind of concocted how this thing would look in my mind. And I've had the last 12 months to do that. 
It hasn't quite landed like that. But he knows best. I want to ask you, and I want to declare this morning, that he defines the promise, not us. He defines the promise, not us. If it was up to us, it'd be very messy. He knows what you need. If you just look at that picture of Jesus arriving, so we talk about Christmas. Jesus arrives, he leaves heaven, becomes a person. If you happen to be around 700 years earlier and had heard that incredible prophecy about this incredible person of which the government will rest on his shoulders, you kind of, you're picturing something big, something mega is about to land. Assume you're around when it does. We have a child born in a stinky barn, surrounded by stinky animals, to parents who are in poverty, from an obscure place that no one cares for, a very disappointing savior. But we all know how that lands. We all know how that works out. And for so many people, the promise is disappointing. I want to declare today that He defines the promise, not us. When it's disappointing, hold on to hope. See, when Jesus comes as King, it's not always like we would imagine. Jesus came as king 2,000 years ago. The reality is that he comes in as king in each one of our lives on a daily basis. And we do not see it because we picture it as being something completely different. This morning, I want to encourage you, open your eyes to see the king in all the promises that he has made in your life. He is not always going to come like you imagined. When the promise is disappointing, hold on to hope. And thirdly, this morning, when the promise is dead, hold on to hope. When that marriage that was promised to you is on the rocks. You need to hold on to hope. When those finances have dried up and we're living in debt, we need to hold on to hope. When the diagnosis seems final and set in place, When the years seem wasted and when the sin seems insurmountable and unforgivable, we need to hold on to hope. You see, this morning, we lit a candle 
a candle that represents the hope of the promise. But this candle is sitting on a dead tree stump for a reason. You see, this dead tree stump, it reminds us of once what, 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 what once was. A flourishing palm tree. And probably what will never be again. But the Bible talks about dead stumps. And it says this. In Isaiah 11, it says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. There is the stump of Job. Job 14 says this. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stump decays, at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. See, this dead, stru- this dead stump has an opportunity for life. Proverbs says that hope deferred, hope that is put off, hope that is cast aside, makes the heart sick. In another translation, it says it crushes the heart. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. This morning, I'm going to ask you to hold on to hope that maybe it seems dead. The hope of the promise says otherwise. Can we stand this morning? So when we look at Christmas, the power did not come from Jesus' birth. The power comes from his death. It was the passion of a God to lay down his life, to have his life taken on a dead tree stump so that you and I would have life. The passion of a father the passion of a God that you and I may have healing. This morning we trust for Vanessa's healing, right? The hope of the promise. I want to ask you this morning, do not uproot. Hold on to hope. This dead tree stump has opportunity for life. Lord, this morning, we stand before you, your children,
who have sometimes squandered what you have given us. Lord, this morning, your grace and your mercy abounds. Some of us stand here this morning, Lord God, and say, what I've done is too much. It's unforgivable. Your grace and your mercy abounds this morning, Lord. Some of us stand here this morning, Lord, we're holding on to hope for healing. Your grace and your mercy abounds this morning, Father. Maybe you're standing here this morning and you're saying, I do not know this King. I have never declared that Jesus is King. This morning, you get to declare that. This morning, you have a choice. You get to hold on to Him who is our hope. You get to hold on to Him this morning. He is our promise our great reward. I'm going to ask the band, we're going to sing that last song again this morning. I'm going to ask you in, in just a moment of prayer, as we sing, as we worship, let your heart cry out to Him this morning. You know, whether it's delayed promises, whether it's disappointment, whether it's areas of your life that you think are dead, this morning, He's reaching out. And he is bringing life.